Welcome to Walking in Faith with Bishop Daly. I'm Bishop Tom Daly, the seventh bishop of the Diocese of Spokane here in Eastern Washington State. Welcome to the program. Uh, as some of you may know or remember, we had the bishops and vicars. It was a uh, a popular show in very small circles um, in the very small diocese. And today it's just Bishop and Vicar. Uh, in this case, Father Connell, the Vicar General. Hi, everyone. I was about to ask you oh. to talk, but not yet. Um, some have asked, did Father Me leave the show once he was named a Monsignor? Did he want more money? And actually, um, some of you remember Gina Vanelli. She was is from Endicott, Washington. Uh, Gina followed our show very closely. She was very generous with gifts to the vicars over Christmas and Easter. Right now, she's uh, given money. She made a fruitcake. She did. A it's still in the garage. Um, but um, in any case, Monsignor Me uh, took some time off, and he's uh, traveling in Montana, kind of doing the best of Kate Smith and Mel Torme hits. It's, it's part patriotic. Of a, patriotic. It's, it's a commitment to America as um, he makes St. Augustine's great again. Some of you, the most most loved vicar, of course, was Father Pat Kirst. God rest him. Uh, yeah, he's still alive oh, and okay, doing very sorry. well at St. Thomas More. Uh, he has a month off, and he's um, he's asked for permission to go to various uh, retail stores, what we'd call thrift shops, across the Northwest, where he's refreshing his wardrobe. That was in his last email to me. And uh, he hopes to land in Yakima and stay with Bishop Tyson for a well-deserved um, vacation and time. So in any case, the only one who didn't have anything else to do. Um, well, I, I, what is, what is vacation and what is a Monsignor? I, I, those are okay. Well, that's, that's I've another heard. show and you won't be on that okay. show. Um, in any case, I have Father Connell, who is uh, the uh, rector of Our Lady of Lords Cathedral and Vicar General. Father was ordained uh, in 1992, uh, was a Thomas More, was a pastor um, in Colville, uh, the rector of Bishop White Seminary, and then the cathedral. Right. And so um, the cathedral, the mother church of the diocese, uh, we were fortunate here in eastern Washington to really be back in person with restrictions in the summertime. But uh, looking at uh, the, uh, in the, the presence of so many faithful during the uh, fall and Christmas time, and now, of course, with we just uh, completed Holy Week and Easter, so a little story, Father, about um, the cathedral, uh, the, the response to COVID, uh, how you were able to walk that, that fine line between the safety of the people and yet the, 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 the strong demand of people to be back in person at Mass and other sacraments. Tell us a little bit about that. So um, <clears throat> you'll remember that uh, when we first started this whole thing, uh, uh, the shutdown, we were told uh, 15 days to slow the spread or bend the curve or whatever. And and so we, like every other diocese in the country, um, shut down mass and, and confession for those uh, 15 days and in-person uh, ministry. And, uh, you know, looking back on it now, I'm not sure that, that we would do that because we've learned so much since then um, in terms of how to manage COVID and how to gather safely. I don't think there's a, a case of infection that's been... Uh, uh, traced to a, a Catholic church in the United States, uh, according to our, our COVID czar, Father Retuiste. Um, so, you know, I think we know how to do that. I, that's <clears throat> hindsight is twenty twenty, but that was a very difficult decision. And I remember, frankly, feeling guilty uh, that Lent uh, because, you know, I had access to the sacraments as a priest. 
uh, I lived with other priests and we had mass and we would, uh, I could, I had some, I had someone to go to confession to. And I just, it, it, I felt a little guilty that, that my, my own people were being de uh, deprived of that at the time. And then as we know, the, the, uh, shutdown drug on and longer and longer and longer. And, uh, Bishop, you remember, may remember, uh, Mother's Day of 2020, a special gathering at the cathedral. Do you remember that? Yes, and we, we were blessing people as they drove by. It was a drive-by blessing. It was a drive-by blessing of mothers. So they'd and come the in. Taurus B.I.G. was doing the background music. No, no, thing. that was a different okay. band. <laughs> um, uh, they'd drive in one, one side and we'd bless people. And it was just kind of nice to actually see people again. And, and um, so, and, you know, fast forward to today, after this uh, airing of the show, um, provided I don't get to ask to leave during the show, uh, I'm going to be meeting with the parish council of the cathedral for the first time in person meeting um, in, in a year. And uh, the top of the agenda is really to talk about how COVID has impacted the lives of the, of the faithful. Um, my sense is that uh, there is a, you know, a lot of feeling uh, on all, across the spectrum. So you have the, the mask wearing people uh, and the anti-mask wearing people and everyone in between. And I've, I've had, I get complaints probably, uh, you know, could be twice a day sometimes, uh, usually after the weekend masses, that either I'm not being strict enough with the safety protocols or I'm being, um, or I'm being too loose. I'm, I'm, my actions, people have said things like, your actions are, are going to kill my grand, my mother, uh, and, uh, or, you know, why, are, why can't you be a man and, and stand up to, you know, the dear leader, Governor Inslee, and why is the governor running our church? And, so frankly, it's been a very difficult year to know what to, what to, um, what decisions to make and, and how to follow through on them. You know, I think what Father O'Connell raises a very good point. Uh, there seemed to be um, not enough uh, information given uh, as to how the church responded in the pandemic of 1918. Now, granted, there are many changes in, in healthcare, certainly in, a, in, in a, over 100 years, but. There was that one picture that struck me of people uh, in masks, even then, uh, attending a service outdoor in folding chairs on a street in, in San Francisco. I don't think it was a Catholic mass, but there were prohibitions there. Of course, the work of religious women, the sisters, um, it's, it's seen some of their, um, in the, their work in the archives as to how the church responded. So there were the people, as Father said, who's who accused me of not doing enough. Uh, I had a, uh, one man accuse me, he deemed me non-essential. I was able to actually- uh, There's some merit to that. Yeah, I say that's enough out of you. I was able to uh, meet with him and we had a great conversation, he and his wife, but I think there was a lot of um, uneasiness. There was, as, as Father said, in the cathedral, is it too risky? That's why the obligation was um, for mass attendance was um, I dispense with the obligation because of uh, the overarching issue was the, the health of our people. Um, but then, you know, it threw it all because it had been a new experience since really the last time of anything that's significant significance was over a hundred years ago. So SARS and um, uh, all those other uh, Ebola, and we didn't experience that directly. Had a mild case. Uh, you, I figured that and that when you were on the subway, um, but um in any case, today we are um, in person with restrictions, and um, I think the majority of people who have returned, uh, 
um, either those who have been vaccinated or if, uh, are comfortable. Uh, but the, the, the impact of this will be seen months to come, especially I just read an article I was saying in a previous show on Wall Street Journal, those that are eight years of age to 14 who have not been in person learning, the toll that is believed it will take on those children is going to be something that we are going to be dealing with uh, for years now. And uh, we're not even talking about the issue of the lack of in-person uh, prayer experiences that characterizes us as sacramental church. Um, so on the Feast of Corpus Christi, uh, I'm going to reinstitute the um, obligation for Mass. And of course, those who have health conditions, uh, they will not be obliged to come to Mass, but in general. Um, what a little bit about the history of the obligation, uh, Father, as far as, uh, you know, you, I know you've discussed this. We've discussed this as the vicars. Um, yeah, so but I guess before we kind of get into the obligation, um, maybe just an observation of mine that uh, that's been kind of edifying that when you first opened up, uh, I don't remember now when that was, but um, it's early June. Was it early June? Um, so Bishop kind of pushed, it was pretty clear, you know, after consulting with the health officials and things that, that Eastern, the condition in Eastern Washington um, was, was uh, better than it was on, on the Western side of the, of the state. And uh, so I think we, we, I think, Frankly, I think you prayed about it, and enough was enough, and we needed to open back up. And so, that first uh, Sunday we, at the cathedral, we made it known that we would say mass, you know, very simply on the hour, every hour, until we everyone was through. So, I believe we had mass at uh, seven and eight and nine and ten, eleven, noon and one, if I remember correctly, and we just cycled the priest through, no, no music, and uh, and I was uh, edified by the number of people who 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 did come back to mass. And then today, you know, it's almost as if uh, there is no um, dispensation of the obligation to uh, attend mass, Sunday mass and holy days. And I find that very edifying that people are, because we all worry about, we all worry about, uh, uh, we all worry about, you know, people coming back uh, to mass and everything. And, but at least my experience has been that, um, it's been great that people have their back, they're, they're, you know, they're safe distance. They wear masks uh, for the most part. And, and uh, so I think it bodes well for the future for when the obligation does lift on the 6th of, of June, we're going to have a, you know, Corpus Christi festival. We're going to have a big mass and Eucharistic procession, uh, which Bishop will lead. And, and then we're having a, a kind of a Eucharistic carnival for the kids and families. And so we really want to, um, celebrate that day. And, and again, I think looking, setting the obligation aside, I'm very edified by the faithfulness and the, and the devotion of people to Eucharist, even though they're not obliged to be there. I, I would say <clears throat> that the vast majority of people who attend mass the last, I don't know, 10, 20 years are, are a go because I believe it's they in their hearts find it, it is a way to give something to the Lord. Um, there are those, I think, having the obligation it shows the importance of Mass. I know in the ecumenical discussions that uh, we had during that time of when the, the governor wasn't um, uh, necessarily addressing the issues that the religious leaders were bringing, there were some in different religions who thought, well, the, the virtual church is the way to go. And um, we have found very much as a sacramental church, um, 
that it is uh, essential that we be, be in person. And so I do believe that the people who go to mass want to be at mass. And um, again, I want to be very clear, those who have health concerns are to please stay home. Um, we still will live stream uh, mass. But um, the, the one challenge we face, of course, is that I mentioned this to the priests at the chrism mass, that that people got used to shopping around for homilies. And so uh, popular um, was Cardinal uh, Dolan in New York. They, they loved his homilies. And um, it does challenge us as, as priests, especially as bishop, um, even the, the, the deacons who are preaching in their parishes, to make sure that the homily is something that give, is given to the people uh, prayerfully. Uh, it's practical. But... Um, Again, people also were shopping around for better music. So the online church uh, is indicative of the times we're in where people shop for what they think gives them the greatest value. So somehow it's, it's calling upon us not to, to lose heart, but to know that we might have to change things a bit uh, to address the, uh, the needs of the people. We're going to take a break, and when we come back, uh, we're talking with Father Connell, uh, rector of Our Lady Lord Cathedral and vicar general. Welcome back, I'm Bishop Daly, and I'm talking to Father Connell, the rector of Our Lady Lord's Cathedral and Vicar General of the Diocese. We're speaking about the return uh, because of the vaccination, and uh, again, even though there seems to be at times increases of, of COVID in parts of the country, um, generally speaking, the churches uh, in the United States are back uh, in business. And... Um, we're talking about the the obligation, um, kind of why it's essential, important for people. You want to? Follow? Yeah, sure. So, yeah. Um, again, as I was mentioning before the break, I just been edified by the people who are back at mass now um, because they're not there out of obligation. They're there because of, of the nourishment and, and support they receive uh, in this in the sacraments in an in person way, and that's edifying. I know that during the I don't know if it was this sometime, uh, you know, a couple of months ago, I guess. I spoke with my own family about this matter because I, I began getting worried that um, this whole online thing was becoming too comfortable. And, you know, I have I have grand nieces and nephews who need to be in church and, you know, need to know how to how to navigate that, uh, even as infants, toddlers and little children. And um, it started to bother me. So I had a conversation with my family. I said, look, I know you know, you're still dispensing all that, but we got to get these kids back to mass. And, you know, they did it. Uh, they, my nieces and, um, took their kids and my mother was back and my, so, um, so there are people there who are obviously are not there because of an obligation, but I, I guess one of the best explanations of, so what we're talking about is, um, the obligation to attend uh, mass on holy days of obligation, which would include Sundays. And, and when we, uh, when that's not taken seriously and without a good excuse, it, it's a it's a serious sin. Someone may say, "Well, wh why is it? What's the big deal? I'm just going to go uh, skiing at Schweitzer or whatever. I just missed one Sunday." Um, the best kind of explanation for that that I've found is comes from Pope Saint John Paul the Great's uh, document, uh, Dies Domini, the Day of the Lord. And in there, he talked about the Sabbath, and we know that it's one of the commandments to keep holy the Sabbath. And he spoke specifically about, you know, God, the father who rested on the seventh day, who, who modeled for us, uh, Sabbath rest. 
And I think we, when we hear Sabbath, we in our, with our human ears, we think of inactivity, you know, lying around, watch the football game, eating popcorn, not doing very much. Uh, that's not what uh, the Holy Father said God was doing. He said on the seventh day, God was sitting back and looking at uh, the beauty of his creation and, and with, with man being the crown of that creation. And uh, he was uh, uh, pondering it in a, a loving and a joyful way in gratitude, huh? uh, you know, grateful for this, this beauty. And it seems to me that's really at the root of the obligation that God is so good to us. You say, I, I want to go skiing at Schweitzer. Yeah, well, not everyone has that ability. And so there's so many things in our lives for which to be grateful. And um, that obliges us to go to the, to the source of those blessings, which of course is, is God Almighty. And for us as Catholics, the most perfect form of, of, of worship is, uh, is, is the Mass, the sacrifice of the Mass. And uh, I just think of, if we reflect on all that we have, it seems to me to give God back a little bit of time you know, 50 minutes on a Sunday or someone gets a little long-winded, uh, 10 after, uh, it, it's very little to ask, I think, uh, to thank him for all that he's given to us. This is the year of the Eucharist, which uh, began on Feast of Corpus Christi in 2020. And there was discussion, as I've mentioned, some of the other shows and um, even at the cathedral preaching. And we decided uh, to move forward with it. Now, we'll conclude um, on the... Uh, 6th of June and and this year, 2021, but the year of the Eucharist gave us the opportunity to reflect on on that which we often take for granted. My own family, uh, because of the laws of California and specifically in the San Francisco area, were in person and shut down outdoors. Uh, Now, granted, it didn't have snow at at December, but to go to Christmas mass in in San Francisco in, in December with its cold and often rain and the dampness uh, was um, a challenge <clears throat> for for my family. <clears throat> and um, with Easter, people came into town to visit and just to be able to be in a cathedral because other parts of the country, again, have not been blessed the way we've done it in person. Um, but we had our Chrismas <clears throat> this year. We had it on the Tuesday in the week before Holy Week. and um, our priests were present, and we had um, a little shy of 100 lay people able to join us. Previous year, we finally had the Chrism Mass in June. It was just representatives from the priest council. So again, to have uh, both a day of prayer and to, to gather together was very important for us. It was the first time that um, the priests had gathered together in prayer for, for nearly two years together, um, since the, actually the an ordination in 2019. So for the people to come together in prayer uh, in your own parishes, in your, your respective towns, and uh, those of you who are listening where you come from, um, we are, again, uh, a, a human church, uh, divinely uh, guided, but uh, in person. So I think uh, all we can do to allow for these opportunities is, is absolutely essential. Um, what has been kind of, have you talked to Father Connell, any, some of your parishioners who looking back uh, reflected on, on the months they've been able to go to church and then that brief time of a couple of months, uh, any, anything comes to mind? Yeah. Stories? So, you know, people are, uh, the, the, the word I've heard uh, over and over again is 
is, you know, I felt starved. I've, I've missed it. Uh, I know one day we had um, a couple of Sundays after the masses were celebrated, we scheduled people who wanted to come in uh, on, on five or 10 minute intervals. Uh, they walked in one door. Uh, the, the deacon of the priest was there. We gave Holy Communion, said a prayer and let them go out the other door. It was the first time some of those people received communion in months. And, and we wanted to respect the fact that some people felt afraid. Um, one, someone who came in and upon receiving the Eucharist uh, wept. Uh, she hadn't received in so long and, and had missed it um, so much. And, and she told me, I'm just sick and tired of watching Mass on my phone. Uh, and, you know, I certainly understand that. So I guess maybe if, if there's any bright light in this whole awful year is, is perhaps for some people it has, you know, one appreciates something uh, more when it's taken away sometimes and when we have that experience, that absence. And so my hope is that for some people um, that will be, uh, that will be the case. Um, the other thing I think is, at least for me, I've been able to reflect on, on how well, you know, the best way to, 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 to celebrate these sacraments and how well are they serving the people? So we did some surveys and before we opened up fully and, and we decided to move the daily 6.30 a.m. mass to 7. Because uh, one of the things is people are working home. They don't necessarily need to get into an early mass. And so we've, and our mass attendance, uh, the cathedral doubled from 6.30 to 7. And it gives me a little more time to sleep in. Um, but not that it's about me. Although it, it is. never is. Uh, yeah. Okay. Uh, and the other thing we did is, is we moved the Saturday morning mass from 7 a.m. to 9 a.m. And again, uh, really good attendance. Um, so I, I think that absence helped us kind of uh, reflect on on how best to serve our people and, and give them access to the sacraments, such as the Eucharist. And again, uh, or also um, the, the connection um, with Eucharist and the sacrament of penance. You know, during before Easter, we had we have enough priests down at the cathedral, so we're able to you know hear confessions like on an entire Sunday morning, and uh, we had a huge number of people seeking the Lord's mercy uh, through that sacrament. Uh, and it was just, it was just very edifying. I think Bishop, you saw that yourself. Yeah. Well, I had heard on Wednesday uh, afternoon and it was supposed to be just a one hour slot. And I think it ended up being uh, instead of, I think it was, I heard 40 minutes above and beyond. Uh, we had to make sure everybody had that opportunity. Um, again, we speak about uh, just talking with Mitchell Palmquist, who's, communications director about as a, as a young dad with a, a, you know, a large family, that the obligation to mass adds an importance to, to the experience of the Eucharist when so much of family life is hectic. Uh, and to know that it's something that's asked of us, it has that strength of an obligation. Uh, it might be uh, just a reminder that this is, um, we're human nature and if we aren't giving given structure and um, commandments and rules, uh, we tend to take the easiest route. So that's well, an important aspect of it. Yeah, and, and as Mitchell was saying, the uh, you know, as, as a young dad, sometimes you know you've got kids. Uh, uh, that doesn't mean you're going to sleep through the night. And at the cathedral, we have a lot of young families, and and I really appreciate uh, the efforts that they they take to get those kids cleaned up and go to the bathroom and get in the car and 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 come down uh, to mass Sunday after Sunday. And I know that for some of them, uh, I'm sure that it really is a sacrifice. It's not an, you know, someone's crying, someone's sick, someone was up all night, someone threw up. 
you know, you got to take care of all those things. And so getting to mass on Sunday is an additional burden. And, you know, there is that hymn that calls the, the, the mass, the, the great sacrifice of praise. And, you know, for us in the, in the church, in the Catholic church, words are mean thing, mean something. They're efficacious. And so when we say, you know, this is a sacrifice of praise. Yeah. I mean, you know, being tired and, and maybe a little crabby because of a, a kid who's sick is part of the sacrifice that we owe, that we owe to God and that God blesses and turns into something holy. We have, um, now we, the Corpus Christi will have, as Father said, the 11 a.m. Mass will be uh, to end the year of the Eucharist. Um, then we will have a Eucharistic procession, and then we have uh, the Carnival. I'm always kind of amazed. I, maybe this is kind of a Spokane thing. I know you've been able to secure that coveted uh, band. I think it's, it's the it's the petting. It's the animal rescue. Petting zoo. Petting you, zoo. You love riding that donkey every yeah, year. That's you're right. out. And you're the first one, one with, on there. With one eye. And um, we have, uh, I think, Brother Buzz. You were able to get Mark Fabry and his group, Brother Buzz. Sure. That's uh-huh. a, a group out of um, Butte, Montana. Um, they're going to be appearing, uh, singing, and... Um, uh, Daddy sang bass. Mama okay. sang tenor. Okay, that's enough. Okay. And uh, <laughs> in any case, so you have... You have Brother Buzz appearing, and then you have the farm animals. Um, what's going to be the most event? Do you have a camel this year, or was that? Uh, no, he uh, he went to Sparky. Uh, yeah, <laughs> Cam- Sparky the camel. No, no, um, we're at, we're adding some catechetical uh, booths for children about the Eucharist. Uh, uh, believe it or not, these games that 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 are kind of catechetical in nature are about the Eucharist, uh, coloring pages and things. We wanted to <clears throat> want to carry over some of that catechesis into the the fun time for the kids, but the standard bouncy castles and Popcorn and face painting. You can get your face painted this year. Uh, will be in. So a good time will be had by all. Great. Um, I'll be there. Uh, it's uh, wow, an obligation. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but um, in any case, we, um, we're in the year of St. Joseph, which um, because everything that's going on, Pope Francis had, had named that, and that hasn't had as much emphasis. So we will conclude the year of the Eucharist, uh, and God willing, we will be in person and people will be healthier. And then we'll focus uh, on the blessings of um, the year of St. Joseph. I want to thank uh, Father Connell for joining oh, us. It's so and, good to see you again. Okay, thank you. And then uh, we wish that uh, Pat Kirst is doing well as Monsignor Me and Father Vic Blasevich is the Vicar of Finance now, and he is dutifully carrying the burdens of his many responsibilities and uh, maybe someday he will be on this show and, um, and make up for all the um, ineptitude of Father Connell. Thank you very much. Walking in Faith with Bishop Daly is a production of the Catholic Diocese of Spokane. Walking in Faith is produced and edited by Mitchell Palmquist. It can be heard on Sacred Heart Radio, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, and many other podcasting apps.